a cuppa and a good chinwag? The story has real-life stories to inspire and make you smile. Weekdays on Vision and on demand in the app. The 2020 Summer Series on Vision Christian Radio. Rob, when we talk about the funny things that happen in church, sometimes they're not funny when they do happen, but in hindsight you can get a bit of a laugh up. I think that's right, Neil. I think you know one of the great things that, that we need to be able to do is to learn to laugh at ourselves. And, you know, providing somebody doesn't get hurt, there's a lot of things that happen when you look at them in hindsight. They're actually really funny. And you were uh, pastoring a church for three decades plus. And in some sense, you're still, you've got your hand in there and uh, a few irons in the fire around the place. And, of course, you're a chaplain here at Vision. But over 30 years, uh, when you do look back on some of the things that happen, you can start to see the funny side. Definitely. I mean, I've been to funny funerals. I, I, um, funerals are never funny when you're there, but no. But this particular day, um, there was a funeral in a country town in southern Queensland that I was at, and I was there with the Baptist minister, Church of Christ minister, and the um, celebrant was an Anglican minister. And uh, in that town, they had the funeral directors, and this was guy was from a provincial city a little distance away. And around the grave, they had some of that artificial grass. And as he went forward to um, when they lowered the casket into the grave, he actually stepped on it and slipped, and he fell both feet first on top of the casket. <laughs> now, no. a couple of the family uh, tittered a little bit and, and laughed a bit, but I and the two other pastors um, ended up stuck at the cemetery for some time afterwards because we went up behind a big fig tree and couldn't come out because every time we had to come out, we burst out <laughs> laughing again. <laughs> uh, Things happen. That's happened. Yeah. In actual fact, that whole idea of uh, having an attack of the giggles during church uh, for some might be a, a weird experience in itself. Oh yeah, and like this, it's a lonely place to stage if that happens. I um, church I re- retired from earlier last year. Um, one lady used to come. She used to go to the Salvation Army Church because they served breakfast, and then she'd come to our church about three quarters of the service because we had morning tea. And what she didn't know, that two plovers had nested just outside the church on the grass and they had three young chicks and covered the loving ladies in that church, put a chair over to cover them up. And anyway, this lady walked down the hill and walked across the grass and, the, and I was the only one who could see because I was standing at the pulpit looking out through a side window. And as she walked towards them, the two plovers rose up and proceeded to attack her with her handbag and hat flapping everywhere. <laughs> and I'm in the pulpit beside myself with laughter. Could yeah. not tell anybody what was going on. And, and, and like everybody's looking at me. And, and then in she came. And she was a lady with some difficulties. I won't say any more than that. And, and she, but she always used to walk across the front. And as she walked across the front of the church, she went, the birds, the birds. And nobody else knew what was happening except me. I was beside myself. But, you know, strange things happen. Strange things happen. And being able to look back in hindsight and have a laugh about those things, uh, that's a bit of a gift, actually. Uh, because if you continue to take those sorts of things seriously into the future, something's wrong because you need to be able to see the funny side. And, exactly. Uh, and when you have these reunions uh, and people remember the same story oh, they yeah. were there too uh, you can have the deepest belly laugh about some of the crazy stunts and things that go on in church life exactly the bible says a merry heart does us good like a medicine and early last year I, I, no, not last, the year before that was my last year in that pastorate I realized at the beginning of the year that for a number of people in our church and in that community that I was ministering in there was very little laughter in their life at all and so I set myself once a week to try to make them laugh and and I tried to do it at my expense mostly never at anybody else's expense you know and it, 
I had people come to me and say, you know, I really feel better after church. I said, I'm glad. I'm glad you feel better. I hope you got something out of the message or what else, but I'm glad you feel better. You know, as you say that, uh, you'll remember back to the 1980s when there was a season in church life uh, with what was called the Toronto Blessing, that uh, people were laughing uncontrollably in church. And yep. for people looking on from the outside, that looked a little bit weird. Uh, some people thought, oh, I'd go in and find out what's going on here. In fact, uh, something contagious about that laughter too. Now, that was for a season. Some people were describing that as, you know, a form of a mini revival, a visitation yeah. from God. I wonder whether, you know, looking back in hindsight, whether you can see was there fruit from that uh, move of God? Is there Was there something good about that laughing? I mean, it's a very sort of, it's uh, it's not really a threatening thing to right. actually have laughter, but it was uh, it was sort of a fun time for people who were in the middle of it all. It was, Neil, but I actually went to Toronto, to the airport church at Toronto at one stage, to a prophetic conference there. And I saw some of the most peculiar things happen. But, you know, and I spoke to some people afterwards, and things that had been deep-rooted in their lives, as that kind of thing happened to them and they began to laugh, or other things happened, they began to laugh. A lot of those things broke loose. You know, there were things bound up deep in their lives that were actually broken loose and they were set free from those things. And look, you know, the thing is that whenever you get something like that, it's a tree. It's like a tree. And, and there'll be some branches that grow in wrong directions. You don't cut the whole tree up because some things are not quite the way you think they should be. But it needs to be adjusted and, and, and governed and whatever else. But, yeah, there was some, I could tell you some strange stories from Toronto that nobody would believe. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> We might be teasing those out of you in a few minutes' time. You know, there are some weird things that go on in church life. And uh, for some denominations, they do sort of things that others will think are weird, like the blessing of pets. Uh, you know this. You know, bring your dog, your cat, your goldfish, your pet goat. Uh, bring your pet to church, and uh, and a blessing on the pet. Uh, you familiar with that sort of thing? Most familiar through the vicar of Dibley, Neil. <laughs> but you know what? You know what? I, that, Paul says, "By all means, save some." I'm, I'm not suggesting we do this, but possibly some people may come into the church who would never go to church in a million years bring their pets and come into contact with God, the Holy Spirit or whatever. Who knows? So I'm not going to decry any of those things. If it's a tool to get some people across the threshold of the church and hear the gospel, then I'm I'm not saying I'm going to do it, but I'd be I'm not judging anybody who does. I think this practice dates back to St. Francis, yep. and uh, typically it's more a Catholic practice, yep. although I imagine that there's probably some other churches that uh, might have had a special day where they're uh, blessing pets. But uh, the priest comes uh, and uh, each one brings their animal, uh, and a special prayer is prayed over the animal. And uh, I've got one prayer that I picked up here. Blessed are you, Lord God, maker of all living creatures. You called forth fish in the sea, birds in the air, and animals on the land. You inspired St. Francis to call all of them his brothers and sisters. (laughs) We ask you to bless this pet by the power of your love. Enable it to live according to your plan. May we always praise you for all your beauty in creation. Blessed are you, Lord our God, in all your creatures. Amen. As you say, you don't want to put down an opportunity for people to come across that threshold and hear the good news uh, while they're in church. But, yeah, it's an it's an unusual and a weird practice. Parts of that prayer do worry me, Neil. <laughs> Brothers and sisters. <laughs> a friend of mine's got a brother who could be a gorilla. But, anyway, let's not go there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, the owner is happy when that prayer is prayed. And, uh, you know, who knows whether those pets will live longer or be happier. Who knows? <laughs> who knows? But, you know, maybe the person will live longer longer by having a happier pet you never know
you never know. Uh, because pets are almost, for some, uh, like children. My wife's a uh, physiotherapist, works in um, geriatric rehab, which is starting to come in handy for me. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, you know, taking pets like well-behaved dogs and whatever into nursing homes and some of those places does some of those people the world of good. You know, really ministers to them. Really, they love the like the the um, tactile touch of a of a dog or an animal. You know, and, and just you know, that, and a pet comes up to them, it makes the world a difference. So, who knows? A biblical perspective of life, culture, and current events. The twenty twenty summer series on Vision. It is, and I think Neil, when, if you think about it, and I'm not meaning to be irreverent here, but just imagine somebody who's never been in a church service comes into a communion service. There's a whole group of people who are going to eat lamb. It's the same lamb as I had last week. It's not been cooked and not been refrigerated, and uh, but everybody's going to have some, and uh, and they'll have it again <laughs> soon. But then and then they say, you know, they they drink the blood, and that somehow that washes them clean. Like, and again, I'm not. Please don't misunderstand me. I'm not being reverent, but like, there's a lot of stuff we do that often isn't well explained, and people you know, like and, and and there's a whole lot of people there talking to somebody who isn't there. Well, you know, you can't see is there, and they're given money. They're given money to something that they can't see, can't touch, and don't really know. Like, to somebody who's never been in church, it's, it is weird. And I think we need to be careful that we don't, you know, we've got our own culture, that when people come in, somebody helps them. And it can understand. look so weird. Yeah. And as you say, a simple uh, explanation as those things are happening exactly. uh, enables people to be on the right page and then uh, they'll be accepting of those things that are said yeah. and uh, be able to understand the deeper truths that are communicated. When you talk about, you know, the Lamb of God, uh, the bread and the significance and the, you know, the, the wine when you're having yeah. the communion, uh, the blood of Christ. And because, I mean, I think in the early church, uh, there was this reputation that. Uh, that uh, there was cannibalism going yeah, on in church. Exactly. You know, somehow yeah. or other, oh, they're eating people. They're yep. eating blood, drinking blood and eating the flesh. Exactly. Uh, so yeah, some of those things can be weird and even disturbing. One of the funniest things uh, that is, for some, quite weird is this idea of being slain in the spirit. Yeah. And, uh, Are they ever going to come back to life? For, <laughs> for those, uh, this is probably typically in Pentecostal-type uh, services. Yeah. Uh, some evangelical services too, and maybe charismatic Catholic circles if you were uh, going sure. further afield. This idea is being slain in the spirit. I heard this wonderful story some years ago here on 2020. There was a couple sharing their testimony here about marriage. And uh, they had been through divorce, and for whatever reason they'd found themselves in the same church together. You know, this is it. They're divorced. They're completely separated, uh, accidentally find themselves in the same church. He goes forward in the prayer line uh, to get prayer for whatever issue. She's sitting in the congregation saying, oh, that's my ex-husband up there. And she feels God say to her to go and stand beside her husband. So she goes and does that. And in the next moment, they together are slain in the spirit now that's that's terminology that sort of says they fell over yep but they fell over into one another's arms oh. and that rekindled their romance they went on to remarry and as I understand it, even continuing today, serving God in marriage ministry together. That's amazing. I mean, that is an incredible testimony. It is. Uh, for those who are wondering about being slain in the spirit, there's something good that happened in that one. There is. Uh, I, there are some funny things that happened too, though. Well, many years ago, I was in a big church in Brisbane here, and uh, 
a woman of some area, some considerable area, was being prayed for. <laughs> She's a large yes. lady. And it yes. just happened that two smallest deacons in the church were standing behind her. The guy came up and went to pray for her, and down she went and took these two guys with her. So <laughs> there, was, there was a thrashing mass of 12 limbs all trying to... <laughs> And I'm standing singing. I'm trying to hide behind a microphone, and and I'm beside myself with laughter. And it's it's not funny. It is funny, but it's not funny. <laughs> it is funny, but it's not funny. And uh, and interestingly, when you're talking about being slain in the spirit, uh, so many of those churches that have that practice, uh, they'll have people on duty to stand behind people exactly. being prayed for. Because if they fall down, hurt themselves, uh, litigation has sometimes uh, been a burden for some churches when one of people the, have hurt themselves. One of the churches I was in, under our insurance policy, if someone if that happened to somebody and nobody caught them and helped them, they got hurt. Our our insurance excess was ten thousand dollars to start with. Whew. Okay, it is good to talk about those things that are funny in church life, uh, the weird things that happen. And you know, I think if you're going to be in part of church life, you would expect a few weird things. You sure. expect a few things that are a little disconcerting. Uh, this idea of you know some of the gifts of the Holy Spirit you read about in the Bible, speaking in tongues or prophesying. Yep. For some, that's a really really weird experience. And really, does that really happen today? Now, that's too big a conversation <laughs> to, uh, to but, but all I'm saying yeah, is sure. that uh, these things are legitimate biblical uh, issues to unpack and to understand, but, yep. uh, but they look weird, don't they? Well, the Bible does say we're a peculiar people. But um, again, I think the key in a lot of those things is leadership, you know, where people are informed about what's going on and people are helped to understand. Um, people will more often not get offended if you, if you can explain it to them, and they may not agree with you, but at least they've got some information to go with. Uh, that's right. And uh, this idea of, uh, you know, expecting that everything in church is going to go just the way you think it should go, uh, to be challenged on new levels of experience is perhaps exactly. a good thing for maturity. Exactly. You know, I mean, God's a big God. Um, trouble is, we try, sometimes we try to make God in our image rather than believe that we're made in God's image. And, you know, we try to fit church and all of the things that are involved with God into our little box. And, and it doesn't fit. He does some things at times that, there is no explanation for. And sometimes you've just got to go, well, that's God. And sometimes you need to be able to laugh. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.